Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Need writing, design, event planning, or podcast production? The Walrus Lab can deliver content and event marketing services for your brand. Find out how you can access the expertise of the Walrus for use on your own platforms. Visit thewalrus.ca slash lab. All anyone is talking about this week is COVID-19 and our concerted efforts to slow the pandemic. It's trending on Twitter, it's on the nightly news, and it's a topic for discussion among strangers on subway platforms around the world as soon as anyone makes the mistake of coughing. And one of the journalists who's covering it for Canada is André Picard. Picard has been a health journalist for the Globe and Mail for more than three decades and has written about SARS, MERS, and many other health threats. He's also talked about a health issue that may be collateral damage as we all self-isolate from COVID, the lethality of loneliness. Welcome to the conversation piece from The Walrus. This is André Picard from The Walrus Talks Healthy Cities. When you're a reporter, and I have been for about 30 years, some stories resonate more than others. It's rarely the blockbuster stories. I want to talk to you about two stories that changed my thinking about health and about cities. The first is about a woman named Judy Chu, a 66-year-old whose frozen, lifeless body was discovered on the sidewalk just meters from her home on a frigid January night. Mrs. Chu had dementia. One night, she wandered out into the cold and couldn't find her way back home. She screamed out for help. She banged on people's doors. She tried to claw her way into vehicles, setting off alarms. But Mrs. Chu died alone. Her pleas were ignored. The tale of her final hours was told by her footprints in the snow and the recollections of neighbors who told police they didn't want anything to do with some crazy old lady banging on their door. The second story is about a more academic report, one that examined the social lives of children with physical and developmental disabilities. What struck me in that report was that it revealed that three in every five disabled children had no friends. None. Outside the classroom, they spent no time with their peers. They never played with other kids. They weren't invited to birthday parties. These stories stories of isolation and ostracization are a cruel reminder that many people in modern society, far too many people, are profoundly alone. This epidemic of loneliness is particularly acute in cities, and especially big cities. In his book, Happy City, Transforming Our Lives Through Urban Design, the author Charles Montgomery writes, social isolation just may be the greatest environmental hazard of city living, worse than noise, pollution, or even crowding. It's also a health hazard. Loneliness is more harmful to your health than smoking a pack of cigarettes every day. Having no friends increases the risk of premature death by about 50%. Social social isolation is twice as deadly as obesity. It hikes the risk of dementia by about 64%. You actually can die of a broken heart. When people are put into solitary confinement in prison, it's considered torture, a violation of their human rights. 
Yet, in mainstream society, in our cities, solitary confinement is commonplace. An estimated one in every eight seniors lives a solitary life. They have no friends and no family. The rates are even higher for people with disabilities and higher still for those with severe mental illness. I won't even mention the figures about the homeless. The principal underlying cause of loneliness is poverty. If you're poor, you're six times more likely to be socially isolated than your peers. This knowledgeable audience will be familiar with the term social determinants of health, what Sir Michael Marmot called the causes of the causes of poor health. What has the greatest impact on our health is not genetics or access to healthcare, but income, education, housing, food security, our physical environment. And the one, the one social determinant of health that we always forget to talk about is a sense of belonging. And it's just as important as the others. Being connected to a partner, family, friends, neighbors, a community group, a running club, a mosque, can literally add years to your life. The corollary is that isolation and loneliness are devastating to a person's mental and physical well-being. Deadly, even. The theme tonight is healthy cities. So let's ask ourselves an important question. How do cities contribute to this scourge of loneliness? Do we build cities and adopt urban policies that encourage social interaction? Or do we adopt policies that breed isolation? Mrs. Chu's story is a grim reminder of how urban design and social mores make it easy, normal even, to lock ourselves away and shut out others, especially those who are most vulnerable. She died because she was neighborless. Sure, there were people on her street in their homes, but they're merely occupants of houses and apartments. They weren't really neighbors or members of the community in the true sense of the word. To create a sense of community, you need to invest in public spaces and nurture interactions. Yet, we underfund and devalue places that bring us together. Libraries, parks, recreation centers, hockey arenas, community gardens, concert halls, and so on. We often make it really difficult to volunteer. If you're a single person who volunteers, you're treated with suspicion. Uh, how often have you heard the words, how can I meet people? Uh, you hear them a lot in big cities. And for most people, the right answer to that question is not uh, Tinder or Grindr. Social engagement has largely been commodified in modern society. It's increasingly a privilege of wealth to have friends, uh, to be connected. Adult education, fitness programs, social activities like musical concerts, literary readings, dancing and bingo, all these things are expensive. So where else do you meet people? Heck, it even costs 12 bucks to come to a walrus talk and hear someone talk about the high cost of loneliness. Imagine that. Some of you may be thinking, well, we can overcome these problems with technology. We can build virtual communities online. How can anyone be lonely if they have 100 or 1,000 Facebook friends? But the reality is that social media often makes the lonely and isolated even more so. Uh, they're like hungry people staring through a window at a lush buffet, but unable to partake. I believe the cure for isolation is community building. But what is this mysterious thing we call community? John McKnight, uh, who wrote the seminal work, A Careless Society, and who's the guru of community, uses this definition. To some people, community is a feeling. To some people, it's relationships. To some, it's a place. To some, it's an institution. 
but the definition he prefers is community is a place where people prevail. Can you say that of your city or your neighborhood? Uh, building community takes determined effort, time and money and conviction that it matters. It blossoms out of parks, rec centers, schools, places of worship, volunteer activities, and in subtle gestures like saying hi to your neighbors and not ignoring a little old lady on the street or a boy in a wheelchair at the park. Uh, we talk a good game about inclusion and being senior friendly, but what cities tend to offer are grudging accommodations, things like wheelchair ramps and discount bus passes. These gestures don't solve the problems of people who ride the bus all day because they have nothing else to do and nowhere else to go. If we want people to be healthy physically, mentally, and emotionally, uh, we have to allow them to be full citizens. If we want healthy cities, we need people to have a sense of belonging, not just a civic address. We need all people to be engaged, not just the elite. There is much poverty in our midst, many challenges in our cities, but let's not forget the words of Mother Teresa. Loneliness is the most terrible poverty. Thank you. Andre Picard is a leader in the field of healthcare coverage, and he's just one of the over 700 brilliant Canadians who have graced the stage at the Walrus Talks. Wish you'd been there? Wish granted. Our YouTube channel is a treasure trove of all the Walrus Talks, and we're coming to a city near you. Find out more at thewalrus.ca slash events. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.